0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert, squeezing us in tonight during halftime of the Vols game. Terry, how are you doing?
1: I'm busy, I'm busy, but it's good to be on, glad we could make it work tonight and uh, ready to talk some running backs.
0: Absolutely. So before we do that, again, we will say subscribe to the podcast, please. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, just search out Locked on Titans. You'll find us there. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at FB. the podcast account at Locked on Titans. So follow all of those on Twitter. And again, we'll do a Q&A thing next week before the combine from the Locked on Titans account. So follow us there so you can get in on that. And check us out at museummiracles.com. That's where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So we have all of this stuff and the news as it breaks during the day there. So um, everything you need to know before we get started here. Uh, the the running back discussion just kind of led this morning. Mel Kuyper uh, put out, I guess, his second mock draft of the 2018 season. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot about how pretty much every mock draft between now and at least free agency was going to have the Titans picking an edge player. Well, Kuiper went a different direction this morning, and he had the Titans taking running back, which was the first time that I'd seen that. Now, we've talked about running back being a need for this team, but... Uh, we'll get into this a little bit more after we talk specifically about Ronald Jones, who's a running back that um, that Kuyper had the Titans taking out of USC. So let's talk about him first a little bit, and then we'll kind of get into the uh, running back in the first round discussion. Terry, give me your quick thoughts on Ronald Jones.
1: Uh, it's kind of scary. He's actually like a carbon copy of Jamal Charles, uh, right down to the number. Uh, he's a, kind of a wiry guy, uh, a guy that's shifty against patient. Uh, he really let, lets the blocks develop. Uh, he's not gonna just run into the crowd. You know, he's gonna be patient. Uh, a guy that bounces some runs outside. He, he's just really he's decisive uh, and, and explosive. So I, I really enjoyed watching him at USC. I, I think you know if you miss on on Barkley, you miss on Darius. Guys, uh, he's right there as your your third option, maybe even two B. Um, so I, I, I'm a big fan of Ronald Jones. Uh, as you were saying, I, I'm not sure about him in the first round. I think there's better value, especially if you're the Titans. Uh, you know, I don't think we necessarily think that running back is the most pressing need. But as I was saying, you know, if the board falls a certain way, and and you know, like we talked about last night, don't force picks. You know, don't force an edge rusher if you don't like the player. Uh, I could see it happening.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's an interesting discussion. Ronald Jones, really quickly, I don't, I don't watch any USC. I, I think they come on after my bedtime. But <laughs> w- he only caught 20 or 30-some, 30 32 passes in his career. Does USC not throw to the running back, or, or did they just not use him in that way? I mean, that, that would kind of be my kind of a a red flag there for me but then if you go look like sonny michelle who i'm in love with um he didn't catch very many passes either so i mean it's kind of i guess hypocritical of me to not like ronald jones because he didn't catch many passes but that was just something that jumped out to me was he, he had 14 catches this year 11 last year and then seven the year before that so um it wasn't like they used him a lot in that role doesn't mean he can't do it but it's just not something that that he did a lot in college. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, as far as running back in the first round goes. Okay, let's let's look at it from the perspective of Kuiper's mock because I mean I I am pretty much. 100% anti-running back in the first round. Now, like you said, they're, they're, I'm sure there are some scenarios where just everything that they need slash want goes in the first 24 picks, and so then the best player available is a running back. He's the guy that's going to come in and make the biggest difference f- on day one for this team in 2018. So, sure, in that, in that scenario, you, you take that guy and roll with him. But I just feel like this running back class seems to be pretty deep um, and i just i don't know that your best your best use of resources is taking a running back in the first round. We've seen so many guys that have been taken later in the draft and have have come on and have been great players. look at alvin Kamara this year. I mean, just look at the impact that he made he was what like a fourth round pick so you know i, I just i don't know that you need to spend that draft capital on that position when it seems like what's the drop off between ronald jones and you know sonny michelle or or whoever else in this class that you could get in the second or third round is, is it really worth using that pick on him now and again just real quick before you, before we get on that uh Kuyper only has two edge rushers going in the first round in his mock which is just I mean, really ridiculous. We talked <laughs> yeah. last night about how those guys get pushed up boards. Uh, there, there's, and how you know we we know how important those guys are in, in today's NFL. There's no way only two of those guys go. I mean, that's my biggest beef with this pick is Harold Landry still on the board, and I just don't see any way you can take Ronald Jones with Harold Landry sitting there.
1: It's kind of strange how big draft is just kind of pushing Harold Landry down. I I, I don't know. I, it feels weird because I turn on the tape of, of Landry and he just looks like a franchise-type pass rusher. So I don't know what I'm missing there. Uh, maybe it becomes clear to everybody after the combine. I think it will. But back to your point about picking Ronald Jones in the first, uh, I understand it's not the thing to do because this class is just ridiculously deep. Uh, you got got on Johnson, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, uh, Mark Walton, Josh Adams, Akram Wadley you got Bo Scarborough down in there somewhere, John Kelly. It, you know, it, the list goes on and on and on and on. I, I've been saying you're going to get productive guys into the fifth and sixth rounds. So from that standpoint, no. But if you think Ronald Jones is the the home run hitter, if he is the guy that comes and transforms this offense, then, yeah, I don't have a problem taking him at 25. But I would have a huge problem passing up a pass rusher like Harold Landry. Now, is that going to happen? Is Landry going to be available for 25? I I still say no. So, I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation at 25 for John Robinson. Uh, I think it's going to come down to a guy like, you know, maybe a corner like Josh Jackson, maybe a a linebacker like uh, Rashawn Evans or or something like that. Uh, I don't think we're going to have a real good idea, but... You know, I'm not totally riding off the, the running back in, in the first round. And it doesn't have to be Ronald Jones either. I, I think Sony Michelle is going to get into that mix. Uh, maybe, maybe Geis falls down. So um, I don't know. Uh, um, it, it's definitely not high up on my list, but I, I'd, I'd be okay with it. I'd probably talk myself into it.
0: Yeah, and we are going to have a, a pretty in-depth conversation with John Ledyard next week about the running backs in this class because I know he's he's already done I think pretty extensive work on them. So we will get a little bit more into that next week and about just the, I, I guess how how the class breaks down and again what you're talking where where's the where's the big drop off from one tier to the next and, and and all that kind of stuff because I, I think that is important. It, it's important to have that conversation because when you're talking about we don't want this guy here. Well, what if you know, like you said, if you've got Guyson and, and whoever else ranked right together, if they're if they're both sitting there at twenty five, do you go ahead and take one of those guys, or do or because they're both sitting there, do you say, okay, well, we can wait until the second round because we know we've got you know four guys ranked similarly. We know at least one of them is going to be available when we, when we pick in the second round. So I mean, and all that stuff will be fluid. Obviously, and we won't know any of that. Um, Until a draft comes about, who's going to be there, and and we'll obviously never know exactly how the Titans have that stuff ranked out. So it's interesting discussion. But again, I just still, I just still kind of think that there there there's going to be a better use of of that first round pick. Um, But again, if that if this is the guy that comes in and and puts your offense over the top, I guess do it. But I, I just I just don't feel like you're going to have that definitive of an answer on one guy versus the next three on your board. So that, that, that's kind of why I'm anti-first round running back. But well, like I said, we'll, we'll watch how it all plays out. Uh, all right, so we're, we're going to have a little bit of discussion, continue kind of the running back theme, talking about a couple of free agent running backs that different media people have, have tied to the Titans uh, today and kind of how we think they would fit in this system.
1: Mm-hmm. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All
0: right, so the first guy we're going to talk about is Carlos Hyde. Uh, Greg Cosell in the midday one eighty uh, talked about Hyde being being a good fit for this team. Uh, he's a guy that it's not the first time that, that Cosell has brought him up, and, and you've seen it other places as well. You know, the, he's an interesting th- he's an interesting guy for me. Did not have a particularly effective year uh in 2017 with the with the 49ers in a in a Kyle Shanahan system which we think is going to be similar to what the Titans are going to do with LaFleur um so I mean I don't know you know from one standpoint his skill set looks like it makes sense but I'm a little bit hesitant just based off of what he did last year now there were some extenuating circumstances there offensive line not nearly as good as this one quarterback play before they got you know Jimmy G, the greatest quarterback in the history of the world. <laughs> um, before they got him, you had C.J. Beathard and, and those type guys out there. So there, there were some of those circumstances that play in. But I, I just I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I, I guess the point here is I would not be. I would not be satisfied with where the running back group is if you know they open training camp with just Derrick Henry and, and Carlos Hyde.
1: And you know, if you sign Carlos Hyde, to me. That's throwing in the towel on Derrick Henry. Uh, because Hyde's not a role piece. He, he's a guy that's going to come in. He's, he's going to be your workhorse, and he's not going to come cheap. So that that's a large investment in a workhorse back. So where does that leave Derrick Henry? That's that's my main thing. And I'm not blown, blown away by Carlos Hyde. Uh, it, it is funny, though. I mean, he, he probably should have been the pick over Bishop Sankey years ago uh, where just about everybody in the league was higher on Carlos Hyde. But the Titans made Bishop Sankey the first pick the first running back selection in that draft, and it just failed miserably. But uh, still, I, I just, I, you know, 27 years old, I'm not a big fan of signing up to pay running backs over 25 years old. You know, when you can you can find one easily, you can you can match that production in the draft uh, probably on day two easily.
0: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, again, that, that, that would be where I would be leaning as well. Uh, there was another article from, I think, Mark, Sessler is the guy on NFL Network who tied Jerick McKinnon. He went kind of through. He went through and did tied a free agent to every AFC AFC team. And Jarek McKinnon was the guy he paired with the Titans. That one makes sense to me. I mean, McKinnon is you know one of those spark freaks. Uh, draft people on twitter love him uh you didn't get as many chances as, as most people thought he probably should have in minnesota um was a huge part of their passing game there so i mean you know all those things make sense i mean he had 51 catches uh in, in 2017 for the vikings so i mean a guy that would would be a perfect compliment to derrick henry and a guy that i think we would be a lot happier with With that committee, with with Henry and McKinnon versus Henry and Hyde. Now, the thing with McKinnon is he's probably going to command a little bit more money. McKinnon said at the end of the year that he wanted to go somewhere where he could be the feature back. Terry and I were talking about before we jumped on. That opportunity is probably not out there, so he's going to have to uh, adjust that a little bit. But, I mean, I think he could play a really, a really important role here and would be a guy that would really give this offense something that it doesn't currently have. But then the conversation just shifts to how much you're going to pay him because if you're looking we – were, we were talking about guys like that, like a Theo Riddick, Chris Thompson before we came on, and kind of looking at their cap numbers, and you're looking at about 3 or $4 million per year. You know, I mean, I'd be happy paying Jarek mckinnon that for you know two or three years four years even if, if that's what it takes but i, I don't know I'm, I'm not sure that he's going to be willing to sign for that but again if, if that's all that the market for him is willing to bear then eventually he's going to have to adjust his expectations and go somewhere where he has at least a specific role carved out and i think he would have that here with the touch
1: yeah, I think you would, and I'm I'm really interested to see this this market develop because teams aren't stupid. You know, they they know what's coming in the draft. Uh, so are they going to really sign up to pay McKinnon five million a year? Uh, you, you know, you talk about guys like Rex Burkhead, Dion Lewis. I just don't know what kind of money they're going to command. Uh, so you kind of, if you start to get to week two of free agency, maybe you can get those guys for cheaper. Uh, maybe they they kind of realize what their market value is. So, yeah, I, I think those are three names. The names I just listed, Deion Lewis and, and Rex Burkhead, along with McKinnon, I think those are three names to watch. Those are three names that would really improve this offense, would give Marcus Mariota a check-down option. And, and, again, not to say that Derrick Henry can't do that, but we saw the it's, lapses it's in pass protection. Uh, We saw this team not trust him on third down for a reason. Uh, I know we we rag on Malarkey a lot, but there was a reason he wasn't out there uh, on third downs, and there was a reason they begged uh, DeMarco Murray to play on a torn-up knee. So uh, I don't think Henry's a complete player. I think he needs that compliment, but I'm going to be interested to see if they go veteran or if they're comfortable trusting a rookie.
0: Yeah, and just quickly, Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead are interesting names. Obviously, we know the the ties that this team has with the Patriots. Uh, I I think at least one of those guys ends up back in New England. I I can't see them letting both of those guys walk. But, you know, how much money is is Deion Lewis going to come in on this market? Because he showed last year, you know, when when the other guys were hurt, that he – He has the ability to be the every down back. I mean, he's a guy that can run between the tackles. They can they can pass protect. They can catch passes out of the backfield. That's a valuable guy. Now, again, he's probably not going to get the money he would, you know, even four or five years ago because teams don't don't use that every down back as much as they used to. But he's a guy that's interesting, and I think a guy to keep keep an eye on because I mean, he could come in here and play in front of Derrick Henry. Versus, you know, a, a Rex Burkhead or you know the other guys we've been talking about, Derek McKinnon coming in here and sharing time and having that role, you know, if they sign Deion Lewis, they, they might be bringing him in here to be the guy. So, I mean, that's just kind of all stuff to to keep an eye on. But again, I think he's going to get a little bit more money than these other guys that that are kind of role players. But you know, like I said, we'll we'll keep an eye on all this and we'll we'll learn a lot about the the draft stuff. And we've talked a lot about this, but we'll learn about the draft stuff after free agency because we're going to know where Deion lewis rex burkhead Jerick mechanic all the we're going to know where all those guys are going to end up we're long before the draft ever rolls around and so that'll give us kind of a better idea uh, of what the titans are thinking terry any, any thoughts on any of that before we head out
1: i'm interested to see how derrick henry takes this um, you know if they go out and sign deon lewis how will he take it Will he kind of pout and and be disappointed, or will he come out and say this is my job? So, uh, you know, it really probably should be his time to shine. I, I think he's earned that. Um, but yeah, it would almost be disappointing not to see him get that
0: shot. Yeah, and I don't want to be the guy that has to tell him no, if they sign Dion Lewis. Have you seen his Instagram work? I mean, that dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not gonna be the one to deli- deliver that news, Derek Henry. All right. Well, that'll do it for tonight. Like I said, next week we will really dive heavy into combine stuff because that'll be the week leading up to the combine then obviously we'll have a lot of recaps up the week after uh once we see how guys have, have gone and tested and all that stuff so keep an eye out for that again check out the site music com. have a ton of content going up with all this stuff and, and you know there's been news trickling out over the, over the last little bit and obviously that'll ramp up through next week into the combine so follow us there Again, Twitter at J. Morris MCN, at T. Lambert FB, at Locked On Titans. Check all that out. Subscribe to the podcast. We'll be back next week with at least three more episodes. And like I said, we're going to have John Ledyard on, a, a really knowledgeable draft guy. We'll have him on uh, Monday of next week, so the episode will post on Tuesday. Um, but we'll have him on getting his thoughts on this running back class. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we'll talk to you next week.